It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for UAE Tour Stage 7, the final stage, the recap, the showdown on Jebel Hafif. We will have the Kern of Brussels Kern some form of recap, maybe next week at some point, as well as a Fournard Dash, as well as a, what other races are on? Is that it? There might be other races on Tour of Rwanda, <laughs> so maybe a roundup, and a Strade preview as well before I hop on the plane. So lots to look forward to, but this stage was all about could Remco defend GC? Who would try and leap onto the podium? It's a hockey stick stage, 154Ks. The climb is 10.7Ks, 6.8%, although that includes like false flat uh, in the middle. Actually, I think they kind of don't count the end. It's a bit longer than that. There's a steep 10% K, about five, six Ks in. And in some Ks, not as steep. It's a wide highway. It's before the stage. Remco was in a nine second GC lead ahead of Plap, 13 seconds ahead of Bill Bow. And Adam Ricardo Yates was a minute plus behind. Why Benji? Did they have... Yates' middle name in every graphic, but they don't for any other rider. That's a very good question. Maybe it's like a, a request from the rider because we have the same with uh with Philip Yates, right? The other one. So um yes, it's some Philippe. ongoing Yates thing. I feel like maybe it's a British thing, but we don't have it. Well, did we have it for Christopher Clive at some point? Froom, I remember seeing <laughs> it at some Clive. point on, on screen. But anyway, those names are uh. Are pretty fantastic. I, I won't complain about the Ricciardo and Philip memes. I think the reason I say Ricardo and Felipe is because the only other writers that have that are the Spanish writers who have the <laughs> double surname, like Enrique yeah. Mas Nicolau, and they're none of the other like Anglo writers have the double. So yeah, that's a curious curiosity of the stage. We had our boy Wellsford in the break. The fact that he didn't win this stage, a little bit disappointing. Um, from the breakaway, thought he'd have the habit, you know, what, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 90 seconds yeah. at the base? Plenty of time. Hessman there. Who else is in the break with them? Uh, Ballerstedt was in the break and Jakko Hanninen. Ballerstedt is now not anymore at Jumbo Def Team, but at Alpecin, I think. I think he was at Jumbo Alpecin, back in the yeah. day. Uh, Hessman is still at Jumbo and does actually play a role in the final of this race, even though it's not the biggest role. So remember Michel Hessman in the breakaway. Now, um, we knew that this race was all going to be about Jebel Hafid, the final climb. And it's not the easy climb like Jebel Jaiz was. It's a harder climb. It's harder percentages, but draft still matters on this climb. And you've got this finish where last year and the year before, we've already spoken about it being steeper from three kilometers to go to like one kilometer to go. And then it kind of has a descent kicking into the finish line. So... If someone wants to drop someone, they have to do it earlier than in the final sprint. Otherwise, they're going to be sprinting against the other rider. Anyway, towards the climb, we knew the situation in GC. We knew that Yates had to do something to get onto the podium or win the stage, depending on what he seemed to be 
possible at the start of today's stage? Did they think, oh, we can't get to the victory in GC anymore, just hold go for the stage, that's a possibility. And then Mco is just defending it. Eh? Same with Plap, same with the Bilbao. And I never really considered any other rider that is outside of those four still as an attacking possibility on this stage because Yates was the best attacker in the ones on a minute anyway, right? Yeah, I didn't really, to be honest, Poles, Tiberi, they, I, know, I don't know if you can do a Zabeldia in a one-week race, but I honestly didn't <laughs> see them on camera once this week, um, except for crossing the line here, you know, securing their top 10 in GC. So yeah, I didn't really think of Coos for the stage. Yep. I thought it'd be a tough ask to beat Yates, and because Yates just wouldn't give him any freedom. It's not like Yates, if he's fighting with Remco on GC, they let a Coos go. That's never happening with Yates. He said... Their goal was to win the stage today on Jabel Hafid. UAE's won the last two years with Pog, both GC and this stage. Pog has usually entered this stage in the GC lead and yeah. then a narrow lead often and then sat on the wheel of Yates and won the sprint with Yates unable to drop him. So we were curious to see, would Renko do the same strategy as Pagacha on Jabel Hafid against Adam Yates, who's really good at this climb. Anyway. Drag race into the bottom. Quick step start launching at Benji. Before, uh, like UAE, even I thought Bjerg was going to drive it from the bottom. Quick step. I was surprised. I guess were they just going to use Cherny or whoever before or Seri before they can't do anything? Was it the biggest lead out though? I feel like it were like the domestiques that you don't expect to make it far on the climb, if that makes any sense, that were doing the work for Quick Step at yeah. that point. Maybe it was some kind of like showboating against UAE of like, oh, we're still here. We're still here. Uh, whatever you do now won't matter. Remco's going to survive. Maybe that's kind of like a mental game they were playing with the riders that won't necessarily matter in the final segment of the Jabel Hafid when the real big hitters decide to make moves. And Björk did come around. Björk did come around. I think it was with roughly 8.5, 9 kilometers to go. So still relatively early on Jabel Hafid that Björk came around and went to first position. And I think Soler was in his wheel, McNulty was in his wheel, but you're right. Quickstep stayed up there with like a, a two, three-man train ahead of Remco, kind of next to the UAE train, but not at the front, like just behind them, like second row. So they still were supporting Remco quite well, but honestly, I didn't expect any Quickstep rider to survive the second that UAE started no. hammering it. Because let's be honest about it, UAE needs to launch Yates here. The only rider that might if he used a Zwift hub, would be Mary Van Sevenant. But he was in... <laughs> Isn't it weird that he was at Oman? Came second yeah. or third on GC, one on Green Mountain. And he's not stayed an extra week in the Middle East to then be a climbing domestique for Remco. Kind of curious to me. Um, I don't know what other goals he's prefer preparing for. If he was... Hill did he run for Nadesh yesterday? I mean, um, Remco's doing didn't. them too. He's doing Strade, Settimana, Insulia, Brabant, Flesh. Okay, fair enough. I think it'll be maybe he's getting a lot of leadership. Anyway, before we get into the big action on the climb, there's Zwift news as well. There is Chasing Cancellara launched, a multi-stage event where you can test your metal against time trial legend, legend Fabian Cancellara, who's also the team principal of Tudor Pro Cycling Team, who are in this race, actually, and Arvid Decline's got some decent results yeah. for them. 
I don't know, like, how involved he is. Like, is he Jens Haugland day-to-day or just the figurehead? I don't know. But another big thing from Zwift dropping this month is the new referral program. You can get your friends and yourself 30 days free with your unique link when they subscribe to uh, to Zwift. You can earn up to five free months per year. So if you share the Zwift love, get your friends jumping in and jumping on Zwift. You can both ride with them, which is fun as always, but also save yourself some cash. It's a win-win. Thanks to Zwift as always for supporting the show. And I can't wait to jump back on when I get off the flight because it's minus 10 degrees at my house, which it's supposed to be spring in three days. So that's just a lie that has been, <laughs> I've been lied to. Anyway, McNulty launching, good pull from him. It was um, Langen, or Bax, don't know which, Soler, McNulty, and then Adam Ricardo launches. We all knew it was coming. Right, but, no one really dropped a note. Oh, Tarling was good. It was a typical Yates move, though, right? It was a typical Yates move where it's not like the all-out attack. It's the kind of move where he just... one. He ups the tempo a bit. He ups the tempo yeah. a bit, bit of a bit of a bit of an extra punch to see who can still follow. And there's only two riders that's actually properly in his wheel anymore. Because while the pulls of McNulty and Sofov were doing damage, Glog was off the back. Bilbao had a moment where he was off the back because the rider ahead of him was dropping off. I think that was Rubio. And then Bilbao called back on. But when Yates actually went, it was two riders following. Remco Evenepoel, the leader in the race at the moment, and Sepka. So... Who's missing there? Plap and Bilbao, who is basically G2 at that moment, Group 2. And the gap was not significant. It was like 10 seconds, 15 seconds. But you know that if you get dropped at that point, that if Yates keeps up the tempo, then it's going to keep on increasing. And that's when that group with Kuzremko and Yates catches up with the leftovers of the breakaway, which is Hesmon, the Yumbo rider. And there we see the wonderful 10-second satellite rider pull by Michel Hesmon. He takes his bottle, caps it over the head of Kuz. He's now refreshed and rejuvenated on the climb, Sepkus. And then Michel Hesman says, bye-bye, and he's gone forever. So yeah. uh, wonderful domestique performance by Michel Hesman. GC Cuz is back, right? He's back. He's back. Well, and then he dropped. To, well, Tour de France <laughs> is actually good with the, like a TT case. Uh, but yeah, he did drop Bouchard. I have no idea where he was. Plap was not looking good. Bilbao was sort of behind him and then went ahead of him. They were yo-yoing, maybe attacking each other a little bit. Maybe Bilbao cost himself the podium eventually, kind of trying to work over Plap. What was Remco's thought process here? You run me through, Benji. Yeah. Because he goes to the front. Bagatcha the last, last year sits on Yates, just waits, sits on him. It's up to Yates to make the race. Yates to take time for GC. Pagatch is already, Remco's got a stage to TT, we'll count it. Why is Remco pulling here? That's a good question. Now, you're saying the right things when it comes to last year. We know that Pogacar is the kind of rider that is like, well, I don't need to pull, so I'm just going to sit on the wheel for Adam Yates. He needs to take time on other riders if he wants to extend his lead on other riders, and he needs to somehow drop me, so he needs to keep on pushing to make it harder for me so I can sit on the wheel. This time around, Remco Evenpool rotates with Adam Yates, and I was at first like... Not just rotates. What? It was, was the sole puller. Yeah, for certain. 
I will say that Adam Yates was also pulling. Like, they were switching around. In my opinion, it wasn't like a solo okay. pulling uh, rotation. But I will say, when it comes to these two riders, Remco's probably thinking, oh, Plapp and Bilbao are my closest guys in GC. If I just keep up the tempo, then they're going to be further away in GC, and then, they're not, then I don't have to worry about them at the finish line. I can just keep up my own tempo. I also don't think he went in the red to keep on rotating. Maybe. I think you're right. If if Yates was at nine seconds, he probably doesn't pull with him in the wheel yeah. because then you're really leaving GC open. So Yates being so far away on GC, Remco said, the quicker we get to the finish line, I've got my nearest rivals off the back. It's going to ride my steady pace. If I ride my watts, Yates, whatever he does, he's not going to take enough time on GC. They're not going to come back. The ride for GC. I would have. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I think he could have. I think he could have sat on Yates more. I think he pulled way too much. I yeah. don't know what. I think. Yeah. I think he put himself in a spot. I think it's Remco that's like, oh, he he just can't not pace. It's Remco's. It's in Remco's genes to pace whenever he's at the front of a race, right? I feel like he paces so much when it's not necessarily needed at the front of races. And this might have been an example where he's like, ah. I'm at the front of the race. Let's pace. <laughs> it's 38 degrees, and then Yates hits him with a second attack. I did. I haven't seen a front-on shot of it. I presume yeah. Yates attacked from behind Remco, and it was before the flatter section, and he gets a really big gap on Remco. It was kind of, yeah, you said that's exactly where it attacked yesterday, Benji, and he did so. Big gap. Now, it looks but, bad initially, but then mm -hmm. there's the flatter section, which really suits Remco coming up. But there's also the fact that Remco didn't try to follow. Like, it's not the kind of move where Remco was like, I'm just going to try and follow as long as possible when this True. attack happens. So maybe it's like the similar thing he did at Sierra Nevada, where the second that he felt like, I can't follow this tempo anyway, I'm going to let him go and try and do my own tempo for the last two kilometers that I know that I won't lose a minute. Like, this is just how I'm imagining the mindset of Remco being yeah. in these final few kilometers because he knows he won't lose GC if he just keeps up the tempo and if he just doesn't capitulate in the same way that Pogacar does at the top of Granol, for example. So I think that was the focus. I think if he tried to follow, he could have lost a lot more time. Maybe, yeah. And yeah, he didn't even try and respond. Just a very different style, I guess. TT riding. We saw TT guys fighting out behind like... Plap came back to Bilbao. They were together. Kous came back and then dropped those guys. And then Bouchard came back to Plap, dropped him and Bilbao, went to Kous, tried to drop Kous, <laughs> did eventually drop Kous in the finish. So Bouchard's come from way back, riding a steady tempo, not trying to follow Yates at all. And I think Kous probably cost himself following the two big guns. And Yates is gone. Remco limits the damage on that flatter section. He's in error position going 40 kilometers an hour plus. And Yates is just, yeah, losing time there. But luckily for him, it kicks up again and he's able to hold that gap and maybe extend it a little bit. Winning the stage, zipping the jersey up 10 seconds ahead of Avonapool and 42 seconds, big gap ahead of Bouchard. Apparently, it's the new Hafeet climbing record, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> Crazy. That's thanks to, yeah. In hot conditions, I mean, it's always hot, to be honest, but super hot conditions, I think. Impressive from Adam Yates. It's why they signed him. Luckily for him, but sort of not luckily, Benji, 
he posts up for a while and he wins GC yeah. three seconds ahead of Bill Bow because of bonus seconds and well, where Bill Bow finished with Plap. Not when he GC. loses out on second. Oh, he comes. Sorry, podium by three seconds ahead of Bill Bow. He only he misses out on second by a second. Because yeah, exactly. he posted up. If he didn't celebrate, he would have also crossed past Plap in GC. I would have been second in the same way that he was last year and the year before. So would have been three times second in the role for Animates. But that's not the case. Here is now third in GC, which I don't know. I don't think they I don't think Adam Yates cares about third or second, no. but UAPE Prince might. But then again, they've got their stage win. They can try and celebrate that a bit, eh? Yeah, I think the stage win he said was more important in the interview afterwards, kind of like in the Vuelta 2021, where he seemed to think Jack Haig was five minutes ahead of him on GC and he threw away the welter podium chance by the way he rode on stage 20 when Lopez lost GC. Yeah, Yates didn't really seem to know his GC gaps again today. But yeah, wins the stage, impressive fashion. E, the full, the final GC. Oh, sorry. In terms of the stage, Bill Baumplatt coming together, 54 seconds down, Kusan 47 seconds, then Poles to Berry. Zwiehoff ninth on 125. Ooh. I really want to see a Zwiehoff Bookman cam. And I, I don't know where, I think Bookman was with him because Zwiehoff had to work as a domestique. I saw mostly this week, Benji. On Jabal yeah. Jais, he closed down the Solaire attack with Tarling. Um, but yeah, if Bookman ain't um, riding for Hindley in the Giro, then he ain't riding for Zwiehoff here. GC. Remco wins, 59 seconds ahead of Plap, one minute ahead of Yates, 103 ahead of Bilbao, GC Coos lives, 206 in fifth, let's go. Poles, <laughs> sixth, him and Jaberi, as I said, 218, 233, didn't know they were here. Who is the big, I wonder where Glog, oh, Glog Benji, he collapsed. Yep. He collapsed, on the he, he was dropping before Adam Yates made his move when McNulty was still pacing, so he was yeah. not having the best day today. Maybe it's the temperatures, because... Like, it's difficult, eh? With limited data points, we've seen, like, two races of him on camera climbing. It was, I think, Andalusia? I'm not sure. Not Andalusia, Valenciana. He wasn't even on camera on La Frontera because he was behind. <laughs> but <laughs> now it's, like, much hotter and so forth in this terrain, so maybe that fits him less. We don't know that. We might be able to see that if we see a few more uh, races of data for him and so forth and a few more years of data as well. But, um... I'm still confident in Glog's future. What he's done so far this year is pretty prominent, so I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to let this one slide. But when it comes to the rest of the the top ten, I would say that there's no real surprises in the sense that before this race started, Adam Yates was GC favorite for me as long as he would survive echelons, and well, he did not survive echelons, so that's why he was out of GC. Evenepoel being first is not a surprise as a consequence. Flab doing better than Bilbao. I think that's a good light up point, whatever, I don't know English anymore, a good event in Plap's resurgence, because I feel like towards the end of last year and at the start of this year, I wasn't overly confident in GC yet, while last year at the start of the year, I was confident in that. Does that make sense? Is it because I yeah. expected more from GC at the end of last year, Vuelta-wise or something, and he had to then work for the others and fell through very early in the race, and now we see that resurgence in these hot temperatures at the UAE Tour again? Or is... Are you a real GC rider if you can only do it at the UAE Tour? Well, that's the thing. Bouchard, right? 
super performance today, but these are very specific races. Like Thomas Tachan said, he's losing fitness in the bunch. The last three <laughs> days have been interminable, real bad. Like even for, I know sprint stages, you if you tune in with 25, 50Ks to go and watch, that's your own fault. But still, like they're just in a straight line. And even with 5Ks to go, nothing's really happening. The So, yeah, does this mean Plath is going to go and do really well in a European race that's raced with multiple mountains with harder efforts beforehand? We don't know. Um, as I said, it's a very specific effort, like a time trial. It's a time trial effort on her feet. It's a time trial effort in the TTT. The crosswinds, he was damn strong, though, like yeah. much stronger than Yates, that's for sure. So it's encouraging. He's come second to the world champ welter winner. He's beaten, he's been the best of the rest across the week uh, of racing on the multiple terrain. As I say, was this the best race I've ever seen? Probably not. <laughs> but Remco dropping, I mean, it's a shame Yates lost all that time in the crosswinds. Like, I don't feel sorry for him. But I mean, from a selfish perspective, if he was on 25 seconds from the TT or something or 20 seconds, this would have been a cracker. Yeah, I think so as well. But all in all, I do believe that it was a, still a fun race to, uh, to watch, but definitely not more entertaining than last year's edition, where I did feel like there was still a battle for GC with Pogacar and yeah. Adam Yates on the final Jabal Hafid and so forth. Now, I think more entertaining races are coming. Strade is coming. Paranese is coming. Paranese, Jonas Vingegaard versus Pogacar. They're both looking good. Vingegaard at oh, Gran Camino. But by the way, Gran Camino, did you see that drone footage? Did you see that drone footage? Yeah, that stage, the pilot stage was drunk, crazy. But that was crazy. <laughs> the, right, the cliff had like a sheer drop off through like a right hand. It was crazy. Crazy. Um... Yeah, but Jonas is looking good. I can't wait for Paranese. In terms of two questions, is Pog back at this race next year? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I agree. Question two, <laughs> how do we feel about Remco preparing for the Giro? Box ticked? You saw what you needed to see? Box ticked as in it's still a preparation race and he delivered the victory? But I don't think this says much for the Giro. I think the races that come closer to the Giro are supposed to say more about that. But we don't see him that much before the Giro. I think it's Catalonia that's the race that he rides beforehand, which is one of the final yep. times we'll see him. So his real preparation for the Giro d'Italia has not really started completely yet. So we're going to see multiple training camps to come, I think, for Remco, like two of them after LBL. And, uh, well before Catalonia and after LBL is my guess when it comes to their training camps. So I think he's going to get better from this point than he will need to to compete in the Giro, but I'm honestly not too worried. But I'm also not overly confident yet. Would it have been better for Remco to do Omlo? I wonder. <laughs> or Fon Ardèche. Nah. I'm... Fon Ardèche maybe, but I'd rather see him win Yoator. I don't know why. I feel like it's a higher level race on well paper. It's a GC race, yeah. Then uh, Fon Ardèche. And it also means consistency over multiple days. When it comes to Omlop, it would have been better for Quickstep probably, but yeah. in all fairness, I don't really... Uh, and I don't TTT mind. practice. Yeah, I don't mind 
Remco not being at Cobble Classics. Yeah. Okay. That was UAE Tour. We'll, as I said, have a Strato preview. We'll endeavor to have... I'll change to hear the lawyer come back out. We will endeavor to have a Strato Bianca preview. Kerner, little recap in a couple next couple of days, as well as a Fournardesh, Jalab, Godu, Clash of the French Titans. Thanks for listening to our UAE Tour coverage. Thanks to Swift, as always. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one in the next couple of days. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 